Hello, brethren. Brother Bob here again. As I mentioned in my last podcast, I'm in the process of redoing my first 75 podcast. Now, I'm still going to do some new podcasts. However, I definitely see the need to redo my past podcast so more people get a chance to hear them and so I can do some tweaking. This podcast is a redo of the very first official teaching podcast that I did about the lack of biblical discernment that I see in many born-again believers these days. I have retitled the name of this podcast to How Did So Many of God's People Become So Biblically Ignorant? After being around lots and lots of believers over these past 40-some years and reading lots and lots of Christian articles online and reading supposed sound Bible teachings and supposedly wise biblical Facebook postings and supposedly wise Bible-based sermons, I believe my question is quite legitimate. Now, the question that I asked might seem to be mean-spirited, but I promise you that it is not intended to be. Sometimes hearing the truth hurts before it heals. Speaking the truth in love is very seldom accepted as a form of love by most snowflake believers these days. Most believers today want to hear things that coddle and pamper their ears and not stuff that biblically convicts them. Now, how did so many of God's people become so biblically ignorant? Now, before you put all the blame on the shepherds for God's people being so biblically ignorant, please understand that both the shepherds and the sheep are equally responsible for the biblically dumbing down of God's people. Now, there are righteous, sound Bible teachers out there, but they're far and few between. Again, anybody who knows their scriptures that has to spend a little time reading a lot of these Christian articles or Christian teachings online, and you know that people don't have a clue what they're talking about. I'm going to break down this thought a little bit more later on in the podcast. Now, brethren, I'm not doing this podcast thinking that I have all the answers and I've got it all figured out. Lord knows I would never say that or share that. But I have learned a lot. 40 years of studying one book, you do learn a lot. And I haven't let the world and peer pressure and my emotions sidetrack me from being faithful to what the book says. I don't care about what people think. The only person I care about how I think and what I believe about the scriptures is the Lord. I'm not a touchy-feely Christian. I'm a defender of the faith. I'm going to, again, tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. I know I answer to the Lord for all that I share on these podcasts, so I'm very careful on what I share. Now, again, if you listen to the podcast, don't get all bent out of shape because of how I share the podcast. You might not like how I say things, but listen carefully to what I share. I promise you, if you do, your eyes will be open to truth, and you'll be amazed on all the stuff that you're not being taught. Now, the fact that there is a serious lack of biblical discernment in many believers these days is quite obvious to any believer who knows their scriptures. Seriously, have you been to a Bible study in, let's say, the past 20 years where the person leading the Bible study actually taught you the truths of God's Word? When was the last time you read a Bible study where the person teaching the Bible study actually spoke as one who knew the biblical truths of God's Word? When was the last time you were at a Bible study where you were taught the truths of God's word line by line? I'm not talking about just reading it like a like a parrot, just reading the reading the verses over and over again. I'm talking about teaching it line by line, what the verses actually mean line by line. When's the last time you had a Bible study teacher that did that? When's the last time you attended a Bible study where it wasn't a free-for-all, open forum type Bible study where numerous people usually people who don't know what they're talking about, shared their opinions 
about what they thought or hoped God's word might be. Now, I personally believe that the reason so many believers just aren't getting what the Lord wants his people to learn and wants his people to do is because of a lack of biblical discernment in most believers. Again, I've been a believer for over 40 years, and nearly everywhere I go in Christendom, good old common sense biblical discernment in most believers seems to be missing. And why is that? Does anyone know where it went? I just don't get it. When did God's people become so biblically stupid? We've got churches out there with shepherds who don't know the scriptures. We've got people leading Bible studies who don't have a clue what the truths of God's word are. It's become more like a social gathering at these churches than it is where people are taught to be defenders of God's word. And sadly, because so many believers are so thin-skinned, they get offended when they are corrected or when some of the harder things of God's word are shared in their church. The Apostle Paul told the men in the Corinthian church to man up, grow a pair. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. When did God's people become so confused about many of the basic sound teachings of God's written word for his church? When did the church become so involved in the ways of the world and its psychiatric garbage and the, and the counsel and opinions of people who don't know the scriptures? How did the church allow soft, mushy, wimpy, unbiblical girly men like Rick Warren and Joel Osteen and Benny Hinn to become the standard for all that is righteous in God's church? Shame on us. Brethren, are you aware that the Lord gave us his written word on about a 10th grade thought processing level? The churches are full of people who openly profess to love Christ and who openly profess to enjoy God's word, and yet many of them do not have a clue on the biblical commandments for the church. Sadly, the sound doctrines and sound teachings of the New Testament church epistles are like hieroglyphics to many believers. I know a big part of why this is happening is because so many sheep are relying way too much on the spoon-fed teachings of God's word that their church leaders feed them each Sunday morning. These sheep aren't studying on their own. Sadly, many of God's people simply believe what they believe because someone told them to believe it. Isn't that sad? Now, it's not a bad thing to be fed by your shepherds. However, it is a bad thing if that's all you are depending on for learning and knowing the truths of God's written word. The good Lord expects all of his children to study and learn their scriptures. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now, I know the Apostle Paul wrote that specifically to encourage Timothy but the application is for all believers. We all need to be correctly handling the word of God so that at the judgment seat, we will not be ashamed of the idiotic things that we're teaching. Unfortunately, a lot of believers these days have a very difficult time using their Bibles to explain to someone why they believe what they believe. And a lot of believers have a very difficult time reading their Bibles and then understanding what they are reading. Now, granted, the Lord does not expect his children to learn everything in the scriptures pertaining to the church overnight. However, he also doesn't expect it to take years and years and years to learn the basic doctrines of his written word. The biblical retention level of most believers is at about a third grade processing level. Brethren, it should not be that way. Now, again, sheep naturally tend to be dumb animals. And that's why the Lord established men in the church who are gifted to teach. But please understand that simply being gifted as a teacher does not prevent a Bible teacher from straying from the truths of God's word. Because so many of God's people are ignorant of sound teachings of the Bible, 
They fall prey to the smooth, pious-sounding spiritual words of some shepherd who spent years at some seminary school perfecting how to sound good. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 7. I have forsaken my house. I have abandoned my inheritance. I have given the beloved of my soul into the hands of my enemies. My inheritance has become to me like a lion in the forest. She has roared against me. Therefore, I have come to hate her. Ouch. That's the Lord talking about his people there. Many shepherds have ruined my vineyard, says the Lord. They have trampled on my field. They have made my pleasant field a desolate wilderness. Brethren, simply because you have a shepherd that you like, that does not mean that he's serving the Lord. I believe that a lot of God's people are emotionally too close to their shepherds. Oh, my pastor's so cute. Oh, my pastor's so compassionate. Oh, my pastor's so gentle and kind and spiritually soft. I believe that a lot of God's people are allowing their emotional feelings for their shepherds to override their spiritual logic. Now, it's good to have a compassionate understanding, caring pastor, okay? But he also needs to be a a man of God. He needs to have a spiritual backbone. He needs to tell his sheep what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. Ear ticklers are going to spend eternity paying the price for not teaching God's word. It says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. When's the last time you got stuck with that double-edged sword? Brethren, the last thing that the Church of God needs is a bunch of spiritually soft and biblically effeminate like shepherds. God's shepherds need to wield this, that word of God like the double-edged sword that it is and stop always trying to apply the truths of God's word with a butter knife. This is Christ speaking. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. We'll start there. Everyone who acknowledged me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge them before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me on earth, I will also deny him before my Father is in heaven. Ouch, there's some more of that speaking the truth in love. But it gets better. Christ said, don't imagine I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. That's a double-edged sword. I have to come set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than me, you are not worthy of me. Wow. And if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it in the next life. But if you give it up in this life, you'll find it in the next life. Them are tough words right there, brethren. Do those words from Christ sound like the words of a soft and gentle shepherd? Now, if you do have a God-fearing, Bible-loving shepherd, then praise God. Pray for him hard and pray for him steady. Because shepherds like that are rare in in these days of biblically compromised church leaders and spiritually dull believers. But even if you do have a God-fearing, Bible-loving pastor or pastors, don't allow yourself to become so naive and gullible that you accept everything he teaches without verifying it in, in the scriptures. The Bible tells God's people that the only person that we should trust completely is the Lord. In my Christian lifetime, I know of many once biblically solid, godly, righteous men of God who have been led astray from biblically sound teachings that they once taught. I wish I had time to share some of the solid, fiery, convicting Bible-based sermons and teachings that I listened to on recordings from numerous pastors and evangelists from back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Good stuff. 
Even the angels smiled when they heard those messages back in the day. Unfortunately, many of these shepherds, for numerous sinful reasons, wandered away from delivering God's double-edged sword and morphed into soft, ear-tickling snowflake preachers. And brethren, Brother Bob is warning you right now that the biblical compromise in a church is only going to get worse. When was the last time your shepherd preached from the pulpit that gay anything is sinful? When was the last time your shepherd spoke out from the pulpit telling the whole congregation that God demands that marriage to be between a man and a woman? Again, mark my words, it will not be long before the church of God allows homosexual unions in the name of love. Of course, they mean a soft, mushy, compromised love and not a speaking the truth in love. Anyways, let me get back on track with my topic. All this biblical immaturity and biblical ignorance in God's people allows for all kinds of false and misleading teachings to creep into the church. Brethren, let's be honest. If a believer does not know their scriptures, there's no way that they're even going to know when they're being taught false things or when they're being misled. Sadly, there are a lot of people out there in the churches who just do not see the need to get serious about studying, learning, and then obeying God's commandments for his church. And yet, all these biblically ignorant believers would tell you that they believe they are truly abiding with Christ, not understanding that it is not possible to abide with Christ unless you are obeying God's commandments for the church. Again, only a spiritual fool would think that they can spend years ignoring the truths of God's written word and still be abiding with the Lord. Psalm 92.6, a senseless man has no knowledge and a stupid man does not understand this. Great verse. 1 John 2.6, the one who says he abides in him ought to himself walk in the same manner as he walked. Christ was faithful to his father. He did as his father commanded. If we want to be seen as pleasing children, we need to do as the Lord commands. And the only way we can do that is by knowing our scriptures. This isn't rocket science stuff, brethren. Abiding with Christ relays the idea of being in a close, intimate, spiritual relationship with the Lord. And unless we are a brand new believer, it is not possible to be in a close, intimate relationship with the Lord if we are not obeying his commandments for the church age, period. End of discussion. That's how it works. Simply being a steady, eddy churchgoer does not mean that you are abiding with Christ. Please let this sink into your brain cells. Brethren, please understand that just because you feel good about where you believe you are with the Lord, that does not mean that you are actually in a close relationship with God. John 14, 23, Christ answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them, and we will make our abode with them. you got to be obedient, saints. Doesn't matter how many hymns you sing to the Lord, doesn't matter how many prayers you throw up there, if you're not doing as he commands, you are not in fellowship with God. It's just that simple. Yeshua Christ told the believers at the church of Sardis that they had a name that made it seem like they were biblically alive. Believers of the Bible church of Sardis. However, Christ went on to say that they were biblically dead. Even though they were doing church stuff, because they were not obeying God's commandments for the church. That means that there were a church full of professing believers at the Bible church of Sardis who were not abiding with Christ. And Christ had some really harsh words to share with the believers at the church of Laodicea. I believe this is where the American church is today. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 20. I know all the things that you do, and that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, 
neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich. I have everything. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me that you'll not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Just imagine it. Christ on the outside of the Bible church of Laodicea. But the believers on the inside continued on, believing that they were serving Christ. Again, John 15:10. If you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love. Brethren, abiding with Christ is different than getting saved through Christ. A lost person is not required to abide, i.e. live in a close relationship with Christ, in order to get born again. However, once a person gets born again, they are expected by the Heavenly Father to grow up in the faith through a knowledge of God's written word and then do what God's word commands them to do for the church age. This is where a lot of believers fall short as children of God. James 1.22, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. And that's where a lot of Christians are these days. They're fooling themselves. They're not doing what the book says, yet they're still playing church. They think they're all right. They feel good about God. They sing songs to God, but they're not doing what the Bible says. It seems to me that God's people just do not understand the absolute necessity of keeping God's word if they truly want to love their Savior. I truly believe that many of God's people foolishly believe that the Lord is okay with them not obeying his word. I think I picture them thinking the Lord's going to be like, oh, shucks, that's okay if you don't do what I command you to do. After all, all that matters is that I love you and you love me. Now, of course, I've just shared that I'm being sarcastic. Our Heavenly Father has not stopped being holy and just just because we're in a New Testament. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I have set before you the commandments of life and the commandments of death, the blessing commandments and the cursed commandments. So choose life in order that you may live. Now, this is a very difficult thing to do if you cannot figure out what God's commandments are for the church age. And there are a lot of commandments in the New Testament for the church age. Every place you see a do or a don't in the church epistles is a commandment from the Lord. I know a lot of believers don't get that, but that's a commandment. And there's a lot of places in the Bible where obedience is implied. It doesn't say, it doesn't come right out and say do or don't, but it's implied that we need to be doing those things. There's hundreds of commandments in the New Testament for the church. Yes, sadly, the church is full of a bunch of these Bible morons who don't realize that Christians are just as much under the law of God as Moses was. It's just that our laws are different. We have different commandments given to us in the church age, and we're expected to obey them or else. The wages of sin is death is still a consequence. Now, for the believer, the consequence isn't going to be to the judgment seat. Not everybody dies for disobeying the Lord in the church age. But there's going to be a death of severe suffering at the judgment seat of Christ for those believers who ignored God's word. Now, those children of God who do not hear, well done, good and faithful servant, are not going to be sent to hell, obviously, but there's still going to be an eternal consequences 
for all eternity, they have to live with the shame and the embarrassment of knowing that they had set aside Christ's commandments to live the way the world, the way the church taught them, the way they felt. Whatever it was, they got them sidetracked from the Lord for all eternity. You have to think about the fact that they ignored doing as Christ said. It says in Matthew 5.19, again, Christ is speaking. A lot of times people always have this vision of Christ with a white robe holding a little child in one arm and a lamb in the other arm. If he just sits there, he's got a halo around his head and he's just like this, this little sweet little tender man. That's not what Christ was like, saints. He was hard. He was very tough. He was very difficult. He was a rebuker. He was a corrector. He was a shamer. He needed to let his people know this is a serious thing we're involved in here. So he was normally pretty tough on his people. He didn't cut him much slack. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, Christ says, So if, talking to his people, talking to God's people, if you ignore the least of my commandments, that would include all the Bible that's for the church. I hope you understand that. It isn't just a commandment to love your enemy or turn the other cheek. All the commandments for the church age are Christ's commandments. So he says, if you ignore the least of my commandments, that means the smallest one, the one that seems the most insignificant to you, and also teach others to ignore them, then you will be called least. Or if you want to be harsh, less important. You'll be the the less important person in the kingdom of heaven. Get this in your brain. It's not all going to be unicorns and cotton candy for all believers when you get to God's kingdom. Christ goes on to say, but anyone who obeys my commandments and teaches them to others to obey them, they will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. There are those two very important if and then words again. Many people in the church foolishly believe that it is 100% entirely the Holy Spirit's job to supernaturally teach God's people every single aspect of God's written word. And yet, if that was the case, if that was the only way that God's people could learn God's truths, Why are so many believers in a church ignorant of the truths of God's written word? Is the Holy Spirit not doing a good job? I mean, come on here. I'm just saying. Just before Christ taught the parable of the sower, he told his disciples to pay attention and listen to what I'm about to teach you. Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. And Christ was teaching them many things in parables, and he was always saying to them in his teachings, listen to this. That means pay attention to what I'm saying. Yeshua Christ expected his disciples to be able to discern what he was teaching. And then when Christ finished his teachings through the parables, he expected his followers to be able to figure out what he was trying to teach them. And yet, time after time, the Lord had to rebuke his followers because they were were spiritually dull. Their spiritual discernment was lacking. He said in Mark 14, after doing the teaching of the parable of the sower, And Christ said to his disciples, Do you not yet understand what I'm trying to teach you? How will you understand all the parables? Yeshua Christ was talking to his followers and not the Holy Spirit when he said, When those of you who say that you believe in me choose not to keep my word, you do not truly love me, even though you think you do. I'll be honest, I think most of God's people are so ignorant of the New Testament epistle teachings that they simply do not realize how disobedient they are. So let's discuss the topic of the lack of God's people being able to spiritually discern the Word of God. Now, I know that a lot of believers out there are thinking, Brother Bob, do you have anything good to say about the church? Brethren, I know that there's a small remnant, small remnant of biblically faithful believers out there in the world who are trying their best to keep the truths of God's written Word pure and undefiled. But the peer pressure to not do that 
is tremendous on these believers, even from the church. I know that there are a few believers out there in the world fighting hard to defend the truths of scriptures. And some of their toughest battles take place right within the church of God. I'm not doing these podcasts to rebuke or shame the faithful few who love the Lord and his written word more than their own lives. My podcasts are directed towards 95% of the believers who are either cowardly compromised shepherds or towards those believers who have been living off the milk of God's word for way too many years. If you've been listening to my many other previous podcasts, you would know that it is not anger that drives me to do these podcasts. I have no right to be angry with people. That's God's job. My love for the truths of God's word is what motivates me to speak out. All of God's children are commanded to be defenders of the truths of God's written word, and yet a vast majority of God's people have only a superficial knowledge of the truths of scriptures that the Lord has for his church. The writer of the book of Hebrews told the Hebrew believers, Concerning Christ, we have much to say, but it is hard to explain these things to you because you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for they are babies. Now the writer of the book of Hebrews was not calling these believers baby believers because they were new in the Lord. No, the writer of the book of Hebrews was rebuking these believers for choosing to stay baby, i.e. immature carnal believers, for way too long. These carnal believers were still using their nookies when they should have been eating the steak and potatoes of God's word. The writer of the book of Hebrews went on to say solid food, in this case solid biblical food, is for the mature, who because of practice, that's right, practice, have their senses, i.e. brain, trained to discern good and evil. The English word practice is a Greek word that means becoming a habit through practice. The word senses in this verse is a Greek word that means an organ of perception. That means our brains. The word discern in this verse is a Greek word that means to be able to distinguish. See, the Lord expects us to use our brains to be able to distinguish what is right and wrong through practicing the reading and the studying and knowing of God's word. Brethren, the good Lord created most of us with functioning brains. When you read your scriptures, are they making sense to you? Is your mind thinking in the spiritual realm when you read your Bible? Or when you read your scriptures, is it like reading Egyptian hieroglyphics? I know that every time I open my Bible to read it, the Spirit of God opens my mind to see so much new stuff. And I also know that because I do have a good understanding of a lot of God's written word, every time I read the Bible, the Lord gives me more biblical revelation which helps me to put together more of the truths of his word. Now again, the Lord does not expect his children to super absorb all of the truths of his written word in one reading. However, I know that many believers, many who have been saved for many, many years, still cannot figure out some of the basic parables and teachings of Christ. Remember, Christ never ever told a parable or a story just to talk. Christ always had a purpose and a meaning behind everything that he shared. So we should be looking for that as we study the Bible. For numerous unbiblical reasons, many in the church have stopped using their God-created brains when it comes to studying and learning God's word. Christ told his followers when he shared the parable of the sower to listen and understand what I'm saying. And yet, because his disciples were not listening and hearing and comprehending with their spiritual brains, what Christ shared was just not sinking in. After Christ shared the parable of the sower, 
he told his disciples, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And when Christ's disciples questioned the meaning of the parable of the sower, Christ rebuked them. If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Concerning Christ, we have much to say, but it is hard to explain to you because you have become dull of hearing. Again, the problem was going on 30, 40 years later in the book of Hebrews. The God-inspired writer of Hebrews did not expect the Bible fairy to come into these believers' bedrooms at night and magically sprinkle the truths of God's word into their brains, where it would then, through the process of osmosis, penetrate into their brain cells. These Hebrew believers, as with all believers, were expected to learn the things of God's word through their study of the things of God, and then teach them to others. I know that some believers are taught that the only way believers are going to get the truths of God's word revealed to them is through some mysterious Rima word from the Spirit in the middle of the night. I feel bad if you were taught that, and I'll believe that because you were misled. Any believers who teach this just do not see the necessity of God's people to diligently study the Bible in order to learn it. And that's because many in the church foolishly believe that it is not through the studying of God's word that God's people get biblical revelation, but solely through the Spirit's teaching them. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. In the New Testament church epistles, the believers, and not the Holy Spirit, are always held accountable for either not knowing their scriptures or for misleading God's people with false teachings. If it was not the believer's fault for being biblically dumb, then all the writers of the New Testament epistles would have no biblical grounds for rebuking the spiritually dull and or the false teachers in their churches. Let me put this plainly. Today in the church age, if you want to get to know God and know what God is like and what God likes, we do it through knowing his written word. In the church age, we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, God's people need the Spirit of God to reveal the deeper things of God's word to them. But brethren, the good Lord created us with brains. If the Lord did not think that his children could discern anything in God's word on their own, why, oh, why, oh, why, would the writer of the book of Hebrews rebuke the Hebrew believers for not being able to both understand and to be teachers of God's word by now. If the Lord did not think that his children could discern anything in God's word on their own, why, oh, why, oh, why would the writer of Jude tell the sheep to be defenders of the faith? If the Lord did not think that his children could discern anything in God's word on their own, why did Christ quite often openly rebuke his disciples for being so spiritually dull? If the Holy Spirit is totally responsible for teaching God's people truth, why didn't the writer of the book of Hebrews chew out the Holy Spirit for doing such a lousy job with these carnal Hebrew Christians? And why didn't the Apostle Paul rebuke the Holy Spirit for allowing all that sin in the Corinthian church? Now, of course, I'm being sarcastic when I ask these questions because I know that God holds his children responsible for what they know or what they do not know about his written word. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3. through 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as they would to a spiritual person. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world, although you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you milk again, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you're still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and you quarrel with one another. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living just like the people in the world? Sadly, in today's churches, many believers are like the Hebrew Christians of 2,000 years ago. 
they have become dull of hearing. As I've already shared, the English word discern in the verses from Hebrew chapter 5 that I just shared is the Greek word dakarino, to distinguish, to judge rightly. English definition of the word discernment is the cognitive ability of someone to hear and grammatically understand. It means logically grasp and comprehend the totality of truth or of a lie in a written or spoken sentence, paragraph, or story. Discernment is the ability to conclude, grasp, or understand, i.e. discern, right from wrong, correct from incorrect, true from false, good from evil, because of a previous knowledge of what true right from wrong is, what correct from incorrect is, and what good from evil is. It's the ability to accurately separate truth from lies. Here's Bob's paraphrase definition. To have spiritual discernment means not allowing yourself to be BS by false teachings because you have a diligent understanding of God's truths because you've been studying the Bible. I personally believe that for the most part, most Bible-believing Christians have lost or given up their intellectual ability to discern biblical truth because they no longer put any serious effort into personally studying God's Word on their own. It seems these days that God's people enjoy being spoon-fed week after week after week, not really knowing that if what they are being fed is biblical truth or not. Sadly, many of God's children are no longer biblically wise enough to discern even the most obvious biblical differences between religious, pious-sounding, empty spiritual gibberish and sound biblical doctrines. Church, how in God's name are you going to be able to defend and protect what you believe to be biblical truth if you can't find what and why you believe what you believe in the Scriptures? How in God's name are you going to be able to defend and protect and keep purified God's Holy Word if you don't even know God's Holy Word? Brethren, we are commanded to be defenders of the faith. Instead, many have become defenders of what seems right in their own eyes or worse yet, defenders of denominational truths. Brethren, the good Lord gave his children his written word, knowing that we could read and understand it if we seriously studied it. And the Holy Spirit will be there when we get into things that are complicated or deep, or the Holy Spirit will be there to help us put the pieces of the biblical puzzle together. But 90% of the scriptures we can learn through studying it. Our Heavenly Father passed down his thoughts, desires, and will in written form to his people, expecting them to not only know it well, but they be proclaimers and defenders of it. It is a shame that there are false religions out there in the world who not only know their doctrines very well, they are willing to defend their doctrines unto death, and yet many in the church of God these days are still feeding on mommy's milk many years after getting saved. And they wouldn't be able to defend the truths of God's word even if their life depended on it. So I'm going to stop here. I'll do a part two of this topic Again, your friend in Christ, Brother Bob. Again, remember, always, the only way to separate a biblical truth from a biblical lie is to know your scriptures.